Go Idaho podcast is hosted by Greg Lingham and Ken Lee. In this podcast, we feature everything Idaho, including some of the most influential people in this great state. Now, here's your host, Greg Lingham. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Go Idaho podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest, an Idaho native, um, Don Aiken, and she's going to share with us some incredible things in her life, her story, and her background, and what she's doing to change lives here in Idaho. All right, so a little bit about Don. She is married, lives here in the Boise area, it has two sons, a spoiled Doberman Pinscher, uh, <laughs> enjoys, I shouldn't say enjoys, you absolutely love the outdoors, yeah. and hiking, that is close to her heart, and she'll share some of that. Um, but she is focused on really helping people become better versions of their, of themselves via, um, you know, just everything, medicine, but mm-hmm. also just exploring and getting getting out there and, and finding your true, true you, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. she um, has a depth of knowledge uh, in, from the cardiovascular world uh, down at St. Luke's and has opened up her own business called Flourish Idaho. So we're going to jump into that and learn all about Dawn. Hi. Flourish Idaho. I like the name. Yeah, that was a... Um a friend helped me come up with that. She just said that Flourish was just a name that just surrounded me. And so it was born and bred from a very dear friend. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So before we jump into what makes you one of the top medical minds here in Idaho, um, I think it's important that the listeners kind of get to know her a little bit. If you're enjoying this clip and you want to listen to the full interview, go to wherever you get your podcast and subscribe to the Go Idaho podcast. Now back to the show. So we have to break the ice because mm-hmm. I, I haven't, this is the first time I've met you. Yeah. So I need to know Dawn a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So we're just going to jump in. Is What is your favorite movie? The Color Purple. Oh. <laughs> Hands down. Really? Yes. I don't. I think I don't think I've ever met anybody who said that for their favorite movie, like right off the bat. Oh it's always gosh. like it's always like the big movies, you know, like uh, Jurassic Park. That's that's, <laughs> that's a movie, and, you know, but yeah. that's like a deep mm-hmm. kind of powerful movie. Unbelievable story of adversity and overcoming, wow. and the human spirit. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Favorite food? Um, I would say toast. <laughs> toast. Okay. Wow. All right. Awesome. <laughs> Plain toast? Are we putting butter on it? Jam, jelly, avocado? I do like just butter on toast. And I would say that I used avocado toast before it was avocado toast. Oh, okay. All right. That man, we're getting some answers I wasn't. This is great. This is awesome. Okay. Uh favorite Idaho destination. Oh my gosh. Um there's so many, but I've always said that if I had one day left on Earth and I could just time travel everywhere and do all my favorite things, I would skate ski the Harriman Trail up in Sun Valley in the morning, mm. and I would run Holes Gulch at sunset. Wow. wow. That's awesome. Okay, that sounds incredible. I think we need to go check those areas out, man. I don't know oh. about the ice skating, though. We might have issues skate with skiing. Skate, skate skiing. Skate skiing. Oh. Yeah, it's like Nordic oh. skiing. Yeah, but It's oh. really hard. Wait. It's really hard. The roller in the summer, that, that skate skiing, or just the cross-country skate skiing? Yeah, if there's there's Nordic skiing and there's cross-country, which is, you know, in the line, yeah. you know, where you're going like right. that. Um, and then there's skate skiing, which is um, similar thin, long skis, mm-hmm. but you're doing more of a roller blading motion. Got it. Yeah. But on the snow. On the snow. But do you also do that in the summer? Like, because in you Oregon, can, you can. Up, I always saw the guys going skate skiing up 
on their rollers. You could. I am not that coordinated, and there's not brakes on those. So I, oh. I feel like that would make make it my last day on Earth. Yeah. So well, it already was that. your last day on Earth, so it was perfect. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, just, I guess it was my last day on Earth. Yeah. I'll try that. Okay. Um, favorite 80s song? Oh my mm. gosh, I'm. This is this is probably embarrassing, but I can't even pronounce it. Curie, like Curie. Curie. I would sing can, it, but I can't. Like, uh, can you sing it for us? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> the road less traveled. I don't know. I don't. I've, I could pull I it up know. on my phone, but maybe we'll have to look. Yeah, it. we'll yeah, have to look. We'll look it. Okay. Uh, favorite book? Um, gosh, that's a good one. I have so many. I would say that probably my lifelong favorite I've probably read three or four times is Gone with the Wind. Mm. But I don't know that that would – I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to come back to that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, how about this favorite band? It could be growing up or now or anything. Um, I listen to a wide variety of music. And if you put, if you saw my, my current playlist, it has everything from, like, Christian to country to, like, some rap with some pretty impressive language so I can, like, blast my subwoofer <laughs> in my Subaru. Oh. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Subaru and rap, I, that's what I think. Yeah, I think, exactly. You know? Yeah. But my favorite singer slash band, it's kind of a funny thing I've said a lot in life, is um, my favorite singer is Eddie Vedder, and my favorite oh. band is um, Pearl Jam. Mm. So, and, and at one point in my life, I didn't know that they were the same. Oh. <laughs> so that's why it's funny. Really? You're a Pearl Jam too, I huh? love Pearl Jam. Yeah, love his voice is just yeah. incredible. He does have a cool voice. Yeah. He does have a cool voice. Okay, yeah. uh, last thing before we get into the other stuff is favorite holiday. Mm, I like Christmas. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, peaceful. I like the white snow and everybody comes home and mm-hmm. yeah. seems like peace on earth. Very, you know, apropos. I agree. Mm-hmm. There's something about Christmas that's pretty, yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. I mean, Don, you're you didn't grow up in the medical. You didn't grow up coming out of the womb of hey, I'm going to be this yeah. amazing mm-hmm. um, healthcare provider here in the state of Idaho. You had a pretty rough background uh, from what you've shared with me. Mm-hmm. So, do you mind going into that? I mean, you were homeless, living in the streets of Nampa. Is that yeah? Okay. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I I share this stuff not because I think it's important. You know to know me, but I think it's important for people to understand that you can overcome anything in life. And I believe that I'm blessed because of my background and I would never change it one way, you know, in one way. And so, yeah, I grew up in small town Idaho, Payette, Idaho, and mm-hmm. we, it was a pretty rough family. I mean, I don't think, you know, I want, don't want to dog on my parents or anything. I think they did the best that they could, but it was pretty tough and um, in and out of foster care, kind of a lot mm-hmm. of crummy stuff, you know, with childhood. and. Um, by the time I was 16, it was just better to be on my own, basically. So I independently left the foster care system and, you know, that kind of um, world and um, and ended up just making my own way. And I would truly never slept on the street because I um, slept on one of the cook's couches <laughs> for a uh. while until I was able to get my own place. And um and I rented a little place from a printing press in Nampa called Artcraft Printing. Hmm. I drove by there just even a couple months ago, and it was still there. But he had this little tiny apartment in the back of the printing press. It was like probably the size of this room, 
and you had to get up at seven in the morning because that's when the printing press went off and you were awake. But I um, worked nights at Denny's as uh, Denny's in Nampa as okay. a waitress there. And then I went to high wow. school during the day and didn't sleep a lot and mm. just really, you know. This is just, at age 16? Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sophomore in high school. I can't even imagine that. Yeah, sophomore in high school. It was, yeah, I look back and I think, gosh, is, are those my stories? Like, it doesn't even make sense anymore from where I am now. It makes zero sense that that was actually me and those are my memories. But, yeah, it was it was definitely wow. hard. Yeah, hard. But you, what is cool, and, and you shared this with me um, before, is just how you had something inside of you that mm-hmm. you knew this wasn't your end-all, yeah. be-all. You weren't going to be on yeah. the streets your whole life. Yeah, yeah. I I would say, like, when we talked the other day, um, the one thing I was born with was I just had this sense that I was meant for greater things, like, mm. even as a little girl. And, um, like, I knew that I just had to keep my eye on the prize. And when I, I remember when I was a little girl telling my mom I wanted to be a doctor when I grew up. Mm. And, um, and I remember she laughed and she said, how about you just focus on being pretty and marrying well? <laughs> That's probably your best shot in mm. life. <laughs> and oh, I always had this dream, you know, of, mm. like, this better life and that was my blessing was I had a vision Mm -hmm. and no matter where I was you know in those dark days or hard times or you know hungry days or sleepless nights or whatever I always knew that if I just kept going you know one step in front of the other journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step like you will get there the time's going to pass anyway what do you want to do what do you where do you want to get to where do you want to be you know knowing that all you have to do is retrace your steps well there's you know if people listening to this Mm -hmm. are feeling down on themselves because of maybe their environment or their Mm -hmm. situation or their maybe it's a kid who is just going through something I mean what message do you have other than just keep going because sometimes and you've probably felt this there is just a cloud of darkness and you just Mm -hmm. don't see a way out yes Mm -hmm. how did you navigate through that darkness somehow by the grace of God like there were just people that were planted into my life along the way and some of them I know their names and some of them I know their faces but there Mm. were just people that offered me hope along the way and um, I didn't really realize it at the time but those were the messages of hope that kept me going Mm. and so what I would say to anybody who you know is kind of in that dark hole and not knowing how they're going to get out mm-hmm. is start talking to people tell people your story mm-hmm. tell people your vision tell people what you're trying to accomplish some people will put you down those are the people you stay away from mm-hmm. some people will lift you up and you just start hanging out and being around people who are going to lift you up because sooner or later like you will get out of that hole it is not forever mm-hmm. i agree with that i mean there was there was times i think there's times in all of our lives mm-hmm. right where you're kind of just things just aren't right things aren't going right you're down you're depressed or whatever else is going on at yeah. some point in your life most people will have that 100%. and i love how you just say you f- you find the people that are going to encourage mm-hmm. and you go next to them yes. you know why mm-hmm. why go to the the negative people yeah. i love that so much yeah. i can't even imagine okay so 16 17 you graduate um at that point where you kind of like all right. Or, or at 16 where you're already like, I'm an adult, like I, this is all me now. Like, is that kind of where it started? Or when you hit 18, we're kind of like, okay, now we're going after the goal. Like, oh my gosh, there was no backup plan. I mean, I was 16 mm-hmm. with no backup plan. Like if I didn't have money for a bill, there was no money coming. You know, mm-hmm. if I didn't have food in the fridge, there was nobody that was going to get wow. it but me. And I mean, there was truly no backup plan. I had siblings, but they were just in the 
same sh- bad shape as I was. They were just all trying to make it through. And so there truly wasn't anybody I could call. And that's probably my mistake because that's why I give people that advice, reach mm-hmm. out. Because if I had reached out to more people, I would have had support. Mm-hmm. But I was too afraid sure. to tell people you know, yeah. where I was. I was embarrassed of where mm-hmm. I was and I didn't want to be judged and I wanted to be lifted up. So I tried to just pretend like I was more you mm-hmm. know, so that I would be viewed as more. But no, from 16 on, I mean, even going to college, I went to Boise State because that was, I had an apartment here. I had jobs here. You know, I could afford Boise State, but I couldn't even get financial aid because I didn't have parents to sign the forms. And you couldn't become an emancipated minor until you were 24. Like there was just such red tape with even the financial aid situation that like I had to go to college and write a tuition check myself, you know, and so Mm. there was no backup plan and I didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) I worked. I stayed out of trouble. I just moved forward because I didn't have anybody to bail me out if I did something wrong. That's impressive by itself. <laughs> At 16, 17, 18, there's no way I could have done that. I, <laughs> that was a mess. Anyway. You could have. If you had yeah, to, you, you could have. That's, that's the true. thing, you know. Yeah. yeah, and I had siblings. I had a younger sister, and, you know, I had people that I had to set an example for. So, you know, I was breaking out for not just myself, but for other people. Wow. That's incredible. So you, you started in the college, mm-hmm. just busting your butt. Yeah. What took you into medicine? Oh, my gosh. I think that was just... Um I just was interested in the sciences. Like mm. I loved it. I mm. mean, and my brain just functioned that way. I mean, I could, I could take. I took twenty-two credits a semester because oh. twenty-two is the same price as twelve. Oh my <laughs> you know? gosh! So yeah, like, that's a- like it was truly like going to a buffet. College for me was I like, get as much money out of <laughs> yeah. the situation as you yeah. could, and yeah. I just, for some reason, I just just could soak in the sciences and just had a really good Mm. memory with that stuff. And I just found it really interesting. And I just found myself kind of in the, you know, the pre-med track, you know, with a lot of my study buddies were just pre-med people. And, and so that was the direction I really wanted to go. And I mean, that had been my childhood dream to be a doctor. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, yeah. You did tell your mom, hey, I did. I'm going to be a doctor one day. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Here we are. Right? Yeah. But you're just not, you're dual certified. And you're a acute care cardiac nurse practitioner. Is that yes. right? Yes. Yes. And then you also are an internal medicine hos- hospitalist. Nurse practitioner. Nurse practitioner. Yes. 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 So. yes. so I I didn't get to be a doctor, you know, and that was just because when it came time to, you know, apply for med school and all that, that's a very expensive process. And I was truly, I mean, barely hanging on and, you know, life financially back then Mm -hmm. with my apartment in Boise State and all my waitressing jobs and everything in between. And, um, and it didn't really seem possible. And that's where I messed up. So that's, again, another like message I would say to people is that, like, if you want something, ask people for help. Oh my gosh, if I would have gone to an advisor back then and told them my situation with my grades and everything, I know there were programs that could have helped me and support mm. me and pushed me through, but I didn't know to ask. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, I chose the nurse practitioner route because it was doable. I could I could afford that education mm-hmm. and that education was um, available to me in Idaho. But So, okay, so you're doing that. You got mm-hmm. hired on at St. Luke's yes. in cardiology. Not initially. Okay. Yeah, when I went to, um, I was a nurse nurse first. Mm-hmm. And so um, to be a nurse practitioner, you start in nursing school and become a registered nurse and then go on to get your master's or doctorate, you know, in your nursing education, whatever you choose. And I was a telemetry nurse, a cardiac nurse at St. Luke's. And in that area, you're surrounded just by the very best minds. And mm-hmm. I mean, these physicians at St. Luke's raised
raised me up. I mean, these are people that poured into me and I'm eternally grateful for the education that they provided me. And so I did a lot of clinicals with them on the side because um, it wasn't supported by my education because my education was family nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. And so you need clinicals that support that education. And I was learning, I did hundreds of extra hours, you know, in the acute care setting with the internal medicine hospitalist team. And they even put me in um, kind of informally with the medical residency program, mm-hmm. you know, and just let me kind of join in that. I mean, these people That's just trained amazing. me up and taught me so much. And and so that was my humble beginnings was the internal medicine hospitalist team. And that was a long time ago, back when they didn't even really hire nurse practitioners and PAs very mm-hmm. often. It was a very special, very special accomplishment to be hired into that role and to be trained up by those physicians. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I transitioned into cardiology to specialize a little bit further because I've always just had a love of the heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking yeah. of that, mm-hmm. I mean, what is going on right now mm-hmm. with our food and everything that, I mean, you're seeing it on a day. You have patients co- mm-hmm. probably come in every day that are having, they still no, right? They go to their yes. normal doctor and they yes. give them medicine and- Yes. Like what? Yes. Like what's happening in America with <laughs> That is a great question and really super a simple question. I mean, the human body is very complex. So we won't go down that rabbit hole of what could be happening with every little body, sure. you know, and cell, mm-hmm. but in the big scheme of things, Every single disease or symptom is the exact same process. You start with an inflammatory trigger, and inflammation is good if it's meant to heal a wound or a burn or you know some sudden insult to your body. Mm-hmm. But if that inflammatory trigger and inflammation goes on for too long, it becomes negative in the body and it leads to oxidative stress. And then oxidative stress, then left unchecked, leads to some type of immune dysfunction. And that's where you get disease and symptoms of disease. And so um, medicine in general, general is trained to identify over here this symptoms of immune dysfunction and surgically treat it, medically treat it, medicine treat it, things like that. But um, my, you know, functional medicine, I think we're probably getting here, is meant mm-hmm. to go to the back and, and you know, identify the inflammatory trigger. And so for the vast majority of people, the inflammatory triggers are things that we're choosing to put in our bodies, either purposely mm-hmm. or unknowingly. And mm-hmm. so the food um, you know, that we're eating is not the same food that we were eating you know, back in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. It's very, very different. And there's pesticides and herbicides and chemicals that are used you know, in food manufacturing and growth that are just not good for human consumption. And in general, a small amount, your body can handle and tolerate, but over time with a, enough of a toxin load in the body, it mm-hmm. does lead to disease or symptoms of disease. And so the food supply is the foundation, you know, of disease. I mean, what you put in your body Hmm. matters. And I don't know if that answered your question. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just, there's so much information Mm -hmm. and it's like, how do you know what is the right stuff for your individual body? I mean, Ken, he -hmm. might just slam broccoli all day and (laughs) it works for him. Definitely Um, not slamming broccoli all day. (laughs) (laughs) I slam, you know, lean beef and I have a bad reaction. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. I do. And it just seems like there's just what you are taught, you know, a plate of veggies, you know, with a balanced mm-hmm. port. Is that mm-hmm. like still accurate? Well, or is yeah. it kind of case by case? I mean, I would say that there are some general gen, general things that would be accurate for most people, but a lot of people, once they are feeling bad, they 
have some inflammatory things and maybe there's some things in the diet that wouldn't would be good in general but maybe aren't good for them at that point Mm. you know so Mm -hmm. we're not going to talk about anybody who's suffering from symptoms of disease because there's so many different things that people Mm -hmm. could should or should not even within the healthy Mm -hmm. spectrum of food some people react to things in a negative way in illness and they Mm -hmm. won't react to them when they're healthy later you know so we won't talk about that but in general i would say what i tell my patients is Think of food the way it was 100 years ago. And if you would have it on your plate and it was readily available 100 years ago, that's a wonderful food to eat. Mm. And I'm also talking about, like, um, did we feed, you know, cattle and meat, you know, our meat supply, like this moldy, like pesticide weighting grain 100 years ago? No, we didn't. Mm. They were grass fed. You know, our husbands were going out and hunting and filling up our, you know, root cellars, you know, with, (laughs) you know, some type of a, you know, organic you know elk or something we didn't even have that word back then but that's what i'm saying like you want to eat good food that's healthy and clean and you want your food meat food to be Mm -hmm. eating healthy good food so 100 years ago eat those types of foods and if it's processed and um you know fed food that's not good you know try to avoid that that's the simplest thing possible it's so funny you say that because people is you know i i always struggle with my weight it's just the Mm -hmm. thing that i've just kind of been i've dealt with my whole life Mm -hmm. um so you know i've tried all the crash diets you know Mm -hmm. you know keto and yeah cool i get in the state of ketosis and lose a bunch of weight all fast and and then if somebody was to ask me though like okay what's the healthiest way to live i always say this to my family and Mm -hmm. to my friends well, think about what, how, when God created this world, mm-hmm. eat the foods that were there. Eat the yes. food. If you're eating fruits that are from a tree, it's healthy. If mm-hmm. it's from the ground, if vegetables, it's mm-hmm. healthy. If it's meat, it's healthy. If you're eating processed, I'm sorry, but I'm a nacho guy. I, <laughs> I love my nacho cheese. Yeah. That's yeah. not, che- nacho cheese isn't a natural thing. That's, no. that's no. not normal. No. But I love mm-hmm. it. Um, and so I was just like, if you just ate what like, and that's why I think it, like what, mm-hmm. one of the things, I don't know what you, I have no idea what your thoughts are like on the Mediterranean diet, but my doctor like said, mm-hmm. hey, Mediterranean diet, because that's food. They're eating foods that were natural to the mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I tried that for a little while, but it got really hard. It got <laughs> really hard. nacho cheese. I wanted some nacho, nacho cheese. cheese. I know. No, I but know. Um, yeah. anyway, it's just interesting that you say mm-hmm. that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and in a state of illness, I mean, somebody, I might say, don't eat very many fruits because we have to worry about your blood sugar and your insulin mm, response yeah. and things mm-hmm. like that. But once you get somebody to a state of health, yes, that is the wisest. And it's it's funny, you don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a medical person to intuitively know that. That's yeah. the thing about the body. You don't need anybody to intuitively tell you what's wrong with your body and what to do about it. We all kind of know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what's amazing is you have so much knowledge about all of this, mm-hmm. but you yourself came down with an illness, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. is, do you mind sharing your journey and how you, I mean. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I've said it so many times, like I'm Western medicine with just blue blood, Western medicine pumping through my brains. I was <laughs> trained by the smartest physicians in Idaho and I was trained to, you know, think and feel and act like them. And mm-hmm. I was grateful for that um, education. And, 
So there was a time when if you would have asked me some of these questions, I would have never thought these answers would come out of my mm-hmm. mouth. But again, personal experience mm-hmm. always changes your perception. And so back around 2015, 2016, I um, came down with a neurological you know, autoimmune condition. And I was so confused because I truly am a really healthy person and kind of always have been. Mm-hmm. I was you know, raised to eat you know, healthy foods. We grew it ourselves more mm-hmm. because we were poor, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, I've just always eaten healthy, you know, healthy and exercised and it was very perplexing to me. And the answer that I got from the Western medicine community was, um, it's probably genetic. There's no mm-hmm. cure, you know, here's these very expensive medicines and, mm-hmm. um, that's just kind of it. And out of desperation, I sought out the opinion of a functional medicine nurse practitioner that I know. Mm-hmm. And that's when I learned about things I'd never even considered, you know, body toxicity, you know, heavy metals, you know, molds, I mean, different things that can truly trigger inflammation, oxidative stress, autoimmune dysfunction, Mm. you know, and so I was over here. Mm. And so going through the process of figuring out what made that, what triggered that, finding that, and then learning how to just get that out of my body and reverse it. I was fine. I've been fine ever since. And um, Mm. no symptoms. Everything's great. I'm 100% healthy. And and not that I haven't had bumps in the road along the way, because right. we live in a toxic environment, but um, it radically changed, you know, my view on medicine and how I interacted with each of my patients. So I have a question mm-hmm. on that. So did you have, when you started going down that path mm-hmm. of the functional medicine and all that yeah. stuff, did you have your doubts? Were you like, I don't know about this. I don't yes. know because I mean, you yes. came from the medical fields where you kind of, you know. Yes. So like, uh, and on that note, I have a question written here, and I, I think it goes perfect with this. Says, what's one myth about the functional medicine industry that you want to debunk? You know, because like, yeah, he told me that he was meeting with you, and, and I'm a skeptic. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, what what, what are we talking about mm-hmm. here? What is yeah. this? You know, so what's something you want to debunk about it? Yeah. Again, before I had my own personal experience, I would have literally used this word. Functional medicine is quackery. Like, I would have said that. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, and, I, but that's me. No, like, I'm a skeptic. Okay, right? As you should be. Like, I mean, my the thing about mm-hmm. life is you should ask questions until you're satisfied with the answer. And it doesn't matter to me if you want to ask a question about whether it's valid, you know, way to treat your body. Right. That is appropriate things to ask. And what's not appropriate is gaslighting and telling somebody that their question is stupid mm-hmm. or not giving yeah. them an appropriate answer. And so I don't mind the questions. I've had them all myself. Again, Mm -hmm. if you heard some of the things I said about functional medicine before I became a functional medicine practitioner, I mean, I would turn red. I'm embarrassed. You know, Mm -hmm. I I didn't have as open of a mind as I wish I would have, but it took a personal health crisis for me to have an open mind. And I think a lot of people get to that point and that's when it's right for them. But yeah, so I guess the myth would be that, um, that it's just kind of, Voodoo, voodoo medicine that's not based upon science couldn't be further from the truth. Functional medicine is based upon the foundations of science, cellular functioning and pathophysiology, you know, and um, everything goes right down to what is affecting your cell at the cellular cellular level and what's it doing to your body and how do we, inf- how do we influence that process? Now, this may be a rabbit hole we do mm-hmm. not want to chase, but why do you think it's not as well-known or as popular i mean i and that might be a bad rabbit hole to chase like hey it's the medicine it's the money and the in the i don't know 
And, no, that's okay. a great question. And um, what's interesting is I think that you have the perception that it's not popular because it's not something that's in your field. You know, it's not mm. something that mm. is around you. But um, in society, I mean, functional medicine is very popular. Like okay. the largest um, functional medicine business, you know, in Idaho, I'm good friends with the owners. I mean, they told me a couple, you know, maybe six months ago that she had a waiting list of over 1,500 people. Oh, my word. You know? Wow. And, and so, and I mean... And, and I mean, it's, I mean, people are seeking health mm-hmm. and, um, and it's hard. I mean, Western medicine is so good, you know, when there is an acute emergency, when there's something devastating, when we need to save a life and we need to fix something that's really gone wrong. We do a great job of that. And there's nothing that can compare, you know, to that. If I'm having a heart attack, I want to be in the downtown St. Luke's cath lab. That's where I want to be. There's no other place I'd Mm -hmm. rather be. And, um, but people are starting to ask questions like, how do I not get there? Like, and I get, um, I recently had a, um, a, a client and it's this, I hear this story all the time. This person came to me because they said, I've gone to the doctor every year, you know, for the last five years. And every time I go, I weigh more, my blood pressure is worse, my cholesterol is worse, and I get another medicine. Mm. And I'm trying really hard. Like I'm eating this, I'm doing this, I'm trying to work out and it's still going the wrong way. And I don't understand. And the only, you know, only answer I get is, well, here's another medicine, try a little mm. harder do something and and I want to know why and what they're asking is what's that inflammatory trigger because there's something there that has not been removed and so the process is still continuing and we're just piling on medicines over here try to shut that process down but we need to find this trigger and so it's it's very popular you're touching my heart Mm -hmm. right now (laughs) and I didn't know I was gonna even go down this path yeah uh so my mom died of Alzheimer's about two years Mm -hmm. ago now. Mm -hmm. And um, I just remember the last eight years of her life, she had so much medicine. Mm -hmm. And me and my brothers, we would talk to my, you know, my dad and, and he didn't, we just said, there's got to be something different. I think this medicine Mm -hmm. is probably just even hurting her at this point, you Mm -hmm. know, with so many other things Mm -hmm. is like, and I just wish I just wish we could turn back time and I know that there's a better way. There was a better Mm -hmm. way to deal with that, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe to give her more time or to even feel better, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just wish I could turn back time and do that for her and my dad and we and the the funny thing is me and my mm-hmm. brothers we knew we knew mm-hmm. like deep down in our hearts that it's all this medicine that's not right but mm-hmm. we just we didn't know how to push you know our mm-hmm. parents and my dad mm-hmm. to be like just stop it let's go do something else you know and maybe yeah. it was money maybe it was well this is what we do and in our society we go to the doctor we mm-hmm. get some more pills and mm-hmm. you know um I don't know. I just, I, I imagine there's so many people with those kinds of stories. It's true. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I'm truly coming from a place of knowing both word, worlds very, very well. And mm-hmm. I know the very smartest and the very best physicians in the state of Idaho. And I know them personally. I go to dinner with them. They're on my cell phones. I mean, I know these people and um, I am one of these people. And there isn't a single medical doctor that I know that would ever 
cause harm, you know, to anybody. What's what I think is hard in society is that, you know, just the way the insurance reimbursement situation is set up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're only reimbursed for a 15 minute visit and there's pressure to see so many people during the day yeah. to make the numbers mm-hmm. that you have to make to support, you know, some of the organizations mm-hmm. and things. It's very complex. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, the vast majority of individuals, you know, in society, even though we're sitting around here having this conversation about how we want to be healthy and, you know, optimize our bodies, a lot of people don't care. I mean, you'd be surprised, mm-hmm. like how many people don't care and just want a medicine and just want to kind of yeah. just go down that road and keep eating, you know, their fast food and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of slowly whittle away. And so um, there's a time and a place for everything. And and the thing is, is I know that any individual who truly showed up, you know, at a good hearted doctor's office, Western medicine, you know, functional medicine alike and said, help me, you know, help me and ask the right questions, they'll get help. You know, it's just more of a circuitous route sometimes just because of the way the in- industry is set up. Yeah. Well, and I feel like just kind of what you said mm-hmm. at the very beginning about, you know, just vocalizing, mm-hmm. you know, just asking questions. Yep. You start mm-hmm. attracting the right people. Yes. And I feel like that's yes. kind of how we got in touch a little bit, mm-hmm. Don, is just I was personally looking for there's got to be something mm-hmm. that is right that can work. And so take an individual. I mean, I know the process, but mm-hmm. maybe a listener doesn't know the process. If yeah. they want to say, okay, Don, I want to come, how, where do they start? What What's the process that you take in order to kind of learn about that person's cellular makeup I guess or what's going on yeah oh my gosh this is a fun process like (laughs) I get really excited about medicine and I always call it the Nancy Drew aspect of medicine (laughs) like I love to dig and I'm known at St. Luke's for wanting the hardest cases and Mm. like um, the physicians will make sure that I get the toughest cases because I love to dig into them like I Mm. love the meat of it and the just the mystery of it I really enjoy medicine and so if somebody comes to me and a lot of times people will say, well, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm just a mess. Like, I don't, I, yeah. I don't know. And I'm like, no, that's okay. Like, bring me your mess. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. That's what I want to do. I mean, mm-hmm. I spent probably a new consult for me probably takes me a good eight hours of research. You know, by the wow. time I, you know, look at the multiple pages of forms that I have people fill out you know, that offer me a lot of clues. Mm-hmm. I do a full medical, you know, records look as far back as I can find. So you know, this isn't a 15 minute doctor visit no 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 i mean i'm looking at you know every lab abnormality like if somebody's had a cat scan 10 years ago i'm looking at you know the images myself and trying to figure out like is there something that wasn't reported upon is there like a little plaque here or abnormality there and I'm just going through all the different things and um, and then sit down and talk to somebody and everybody's different. Some people it takes about an hour. Some people it takes two, you know, whatever it takes. You know, we just I, I only, you know, have one new consult, you know, each day, you know, for this reason. It takes right. a long mm-hmm. time. And so you just get to know somebody and as much education as I can. And then depending on the person. I'm not going to guess at anything. Like by the time people have gotten to my door, they are frustrated. You know, Mm -hmm. they have not had answers for a long time and they just want some help. And so we figure out what functional medicine testing or Western medicine testing is needed to figure out what that inflammatory trigger is. And then we go there. And once we have the information, it's incredible. I always tell people, if you give me the time, the resources, and your willingness to let me boss you around a little bit, (laughs) I can get you, I can get you where you want to be. I feel like my Mm -hmm. consult would be a really long consult. (laughs) It's fun though. I would be the, I bring the mess guy. Mm -hmm. I would be that guy. That's okay. It's fun. That's what I love. So you get all that information back, you 
tailor a plan specifically mm-hmm. for that person mm-hmm. to move forward in their life and yes. get some hope back yes. or, mm-hmm. you know, and then they can kind of take it from there. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Now, are there, so this is going a little deep, I think, and we've talked about this. Yeah. There, there's got to be some, well, you have a tool in your office Mm -hmm. that is beneficial or you've seen some beneficial for people. It's not a cure-all. It's not a a miracle, but it's Mm -hmm. the Rasha machine. Yes. Yes. Okay. We got to go on, we got to go deep on the Rasha. Greg has talked to me about the Rasha machine. I've used it twice. (laughs) I've been on it twice. Yeah. Well, but we got to hear the whole story of how it came into Mm -hmm. your life and how your... using it in your practice yes yes and i'm going to share this you know knowing that and again knowing that the people that need to hear this it will resonate with and it'll mean something to the people that are not there and are not needing this it will sound like i have a tinfoil hat on and that's okay (laughs) because like i'm saying it for the people who need it Mm -hmm. and so um uh, but it's it's the craziest story. Do you want the whole story? Give it to me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think you have to build that background because yeah. of the Russia machine story. Here it goes. It's oh my gosh! Like, and once again, like in life, like this is one of those stories where if I would hear myself talk right now five years ago, I'd be like, "Who is that girl?" Like that <laughs> is not like something I would have said. But mm-hmm. again, like experience leads you to where you are. And so um, this goes back to 2007, and this really isn't that long of a story. But back in 2007, I was doing a lot of cycling and training, and um, I had a horrible cycling accident, and um, and I was unconscious on the side of the road, almost died. Like it was a really oh terrible gosh. accident, mm. and by the grace of God, and by my cycling partner who was there and you know knew what to do, like I lived, but. Um, it was the craziest day. Like what I remember of the day is totally whatever is different than what everybody else remembers of the day. Mm. Because um, I had an experience that at the time I chalked up to um, a head injury because I had a terrible head injury. Mm. And so in any event, but my memory of the day is that I was in a different place and that's how the day started for me. And it was as real and tangible as we are sitting here. I was surrounded by people that I knew Mm -hmm. and trusted and loved and it was a very good place. I wouldn't even call it like a heaven. It was just a place, like Mm -hmm. just a normal place. And out of nowhere, um, something literally grabbed my body and just threw me. And suddenly I was just, my consciousness was just hurling through like this dark tunnel with this light at the end of the tunnel. And of course I thought, I'm dying. Like, but I couldn't figure out how I died because I was Mm. like just sitting at dinner with some people. Like it was very, very disorienting. And as soon as I hit the light, I was on the ground here, like in this body, in this space. And I was the what was so confusing was I was marred by how cold it was. I was marred how heavy it felt, and I was I I actually thought I'd gone to hell. Like is kind of how it felt. It because I Ooh. felt so good inside my body from mm-hmm. where I just been, right. and I felt so cold and empty and dark like in this moment. And of course, I was in a lot of pain, and a lot of things were happening. And the paramedics, I'd been, um, the paramedics were there on the side of the road and they were asking me all these questions and I was answering as if I was somebody else. And um, Mm. 
And the only thing that kind of brought me, you know, into coherence with where I am now was my training partner was asking me about my children. You know, mm. what are your children's names? And I guess that mama blood. You know, yeah, just, just you know, you in. can't. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I remembered, you know, my children and it was kind of like, but then the next couple of weeks was very disorienting to me. It was just this transitional state. And what was so hard was like, I literally felt so good inside my body, but I felt so cold and it was it's an intangible feeling like a feeling you can't describe because there aren't words for how like Mm -hmm. there's a certain like light and warmth that can be like in your soul Mm -hmm. in any event so that eventually went away here i am managing my life i chalk all this up to a head injury and move on Mm -hmm. never even mention this story because it's weird (laughs) (laughs) and um in any event so then last fall just you know, I was working in, you know, the COVID unit and, you know, doing a lot of extra shifts for the cardiac um, service and the internal medicine hospital service through the mm-hmm. last couple of years has been, you know, obviously rough in the sure. community. And mm-hmm. so I was working almost every day, picking up a lot of shifts Jeez. and just a lot. And mm-hmm. I really, really, really burnt out my body with mm-hmm. all of this and, you know, lots of illnesses myself and things like mm-hmm. that, because you're just in that you mm-hmm. know realm. And so I was very sick um, last fall and um, needed to get myself and I knew what was happening because I know this process so oh, I'm like yeah. okay I've got to mm. get this figured out mm. so I'm starting this process myself again mm-hmm. but I was really sick and mm. just these people kept coming into my life and I definitely believe like in the energy exchange of the world and so like I ran into this lady you know and she just randomly asked me she's a different person than me completely and she said I feel like I'm supposed to ask you you know to come to my house and meet my friends it was just kind of a weird thing so weird that i said yes like maybe maybe one of these days something bad is going to happen to me but like i sense people's energy and like she was a good person and Mm -hmm. in any event so then i meet this other woman at her at her um home and i'm telling my story about how i even met this girl and i don't feel well and i'm sick and like all these things and and this girl um her name's katie and she says um i have this machine called the rasha and um i think it can help you and she said come to my house you know and again so again i'm going to somebody else's (laughs) random place and in any event but what this machine and i wouldn't have believed it if i had not experienced it Mm because it um but it's a device that it uses scalar energy and the scalar energy is basically if i say there's energy and frequency you know we all could know what that is you know mm-hmm. there's magnetic energy like you can vibrate you know a tuning fork you know those things we can touch and feel and see scalar energy is the type of energy of your thoughts you know of um your consciousness and so we all actually intuitively understand scalar energy because i can think something and you can feel it and you know it you know we just sometimes don't value that so we discount mm. it but you know we do all understand scalar energy and so the rasha machine uses scalar energy um, and quantum physics you know based mathematics to basically channel your thought process into like um self-healing energy for your body it's as simple as that that's all it is it's not doing anything to you or anything you know you listen to vibrations you know and tones and you use your own thoughts on what you want so for me at the time it was want i want radical healing i want wholeness you know and peace you know and i'm just listening to these tones and thinking about what i want and after the third time on the machine and each time I felt something like I knew there was something more than just listening to tones like my Mm -hmm. body was changing and there was a difference a palpable difference and but by the third time as it just gives me the chills because after I finished it I had that feeling back 
from 2007, that warmth and deep, like inner peace, like that, like intangible, like light and like just like beauty, like inside my soul, like was back. And I recognized it right away. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought, oh my gosh, like I, I think I had a near death experience in 2007, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not cause it wouldn't be possible to have those same two feelings, you know, in, especially knowing what the device is designed to do. It's mm-hmm. meant to harmonize, you know, your soul, you know, really ultimately. And in harmonizing your soul, your body is able to self heal. And, and so, and that feeling never went away. Like I still have it now. Like it's, it's there, like it's part of me. Mm -hmm. And so I intuitively knew that, um, I, I needed to be able to offer this to more people. Like if this could do this for me, it could help other people too. It's not for everybody. You know, some people would say, boy, Don, get your tinfoil hat off. Like, <laughs> like, I'll see you in the cath lab, you know? Right. But, um, well, yeah, no, I get that. I mean, I have questions, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking in my mind, you know, is it, is it like a tool? Um, because I, I, uh, before I was, I'm a skeptic, but a lot of stuff. Sure, that's as just, you should be. That's just the way I live my life. You know, as a police officer, ex yeah. police officer, that's just, yeah. you know, I'm a skeptic. Yeah. Um, but I remember being in mm-hmm. college and we went to Knott's Berry Farm down in Southern California mm-hmm. and my brother went on stage and got hypnotized. And mm-hmm. I said, and I know my brother. Yeah. And he was doing some of the <laughs> craziest things. I mean, super funny things. And I'm thinking to myself, okay. Then this guy had, and I know this is mm-hmm. way different, but where I'm going with this is um, I bought the tape from this guy, that it, it, How to Get the Best Night's Sleep Ever. Mm-hmm. And it was literally, um, I put played the tape and you he walks you through all these different relaxing things, but, you know, and a lot of it is the mental portion mm-hmm. of it. And I just remember waking up, it was, I really had the best night's sleep ever. Mm-hmm. It was the weirdest mm-hmm. thing. So I, is it a lot? I, didn't, I don't know, maybe this is a skeptic. Is it a lot of more being able to take yourself mentally to a place where you didn't know you could go kind of maybe? I don't know. Or mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the way I feel like it might be. Like meditating almost? A uh, bit, yeah, or... maybe like a meditation or mm-hmm. a, a, um, a hypnotist. Kind of, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't or am know. I way off track? No, I don't think you're off track at all. I think that it's a very complicated subject with, you know, words and terms and ideas that we're not taught. And True. so mm-hmm. it seems really like confusing to grasp. I myself have felt that way as I've gone through this journey. But okay. no, it is similar to that. I don't even think that you need um, a Rasha machine or a Rasha treatment to get the benefits. Just it makes it easier because mm-hmm. you have something that's kind of pushing your body a little bit, you know, with those frequencies and that true scale or energy. Um, I mean, this is the type of, you know, self-healing energy that's been practiced in, you know, Eastern cultures and things for, you know, Mm -hmm. centuries and thousands of years. I mean, you can truly like self-heal your body, you know, with just your thoughts, you know, and your um, consciousness. And that's simply all it is. But in this world, if it's, that's hard to imagine. And um, like a machine like the Rasha, it's the simplest thing in the world. It just shows you that it's possible because it accelerates the process. Gotcha. But, but it's, no, it's the same thing. It's using your subconsciousness to self-heal yourself. Yeah, because I know mm-hmm. if you can use I know you can use your subconscious yes. to make yourself feel pain. Yep. You bet. Like mm-hmm. I, I know this yep. 
personally because yes. I, I went through some depression yeah. and some mm-hmm. anxiety issues. Yeah. And I remember telling my friends mm-hmm. and my wife and people, like, man, I've just got this pain in the back. And it was just all something I literally took myself to. Yes. Like, yes. there was nothing. I yes. mean, there was nothing yes. there. And if somebody says to you, like, in the middle <clears> of that pain, oh, it's all in your head, like, somehow that feels personal. And it's like, yeah. I would never do that to myself. I'm not nuts. But right. literally, your body can yeah. do that to yourself. So could your body, like, could your body give you heart disease? Could your mind give you something worse? Like, if you... Dude, that's a crazy thought. It is a crazy thought. And I don't know the answer to it, but, like... I mean, I tell every single one of my clients, the freest thing you have is your mind. It's free. Like, think good thoughts. I like Like, think good thoughts towards yourself and others. It's free. It's cheap. It's easy. And we all intuitively know it. If I think ugly thoughts about myself, like, I know how I feel. I just feel kind of darkened down. If I think, like, nice things or somebody says something nice to me, I feel happy, you know? And so why wouldn't I want to practice that more? I want to feel good and let my body like act in a state of goodness. So as Mm -hmm. you've brought this machine into your practice, what Mm -hmm. have you seen? You know, obviously you're doing the, the, you're giving people a plan, Yeah. but you also are allowing them to experience as part of the treatment, the Rasha. So like what has been your findings with people? Oh my gosh. It's like, I don't even know what to say necessarily because it's pretty humbling. I mean, Mm. like I said, like I'm a Western medicine science based, you know, Mm -hmm. practitioner trained by the very best minds in this state. And, um, am like with my roots in evidence-based medicine. And then just by experience have gone down this road where Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, there's more and we're going to incorporate it all to figure mm-hmm. out what's going to help you and so it's the most humbling thing i probably have experienced in a long time and wow um mm. and all i would ever tell somebody who wanted to try it is it can't do anything to you i mean it's yeah. not doing anything mm-hmm. all it's letting you do is relax your mind and concentrate on what you want for your body and allow your body to take over but the frequency it has it it connects with your cells right yes so yes. it's almost like whatever is going on it just kind of helps make those cells whole is that this is the best way i can describe it so um i'm sorry i'm getting super excited now because um (laughs) so in the world of like medicine and science one of my pet peeves is if you're using really big words or terms and facts and figures that i can't understand or validate it just makes me feel like i can't ask a question and Mm -hmm. i just have to take your word for it Mm -hmm. and so um so this is the way i understand the machine the very best is and there's a lot of research on this and you could even do these experiments at home if you had a microscope okay so um basically we are 70 80 percent water depending on how much we're drinking and so our cells are filled with fluid water and um if you take frequency and energy devices even just the frequency of your own voice um there's a japanese scientist in the 60s and 70s who did thousands of these experiments and has documented his work um the hidden messages in water is a really good book you know Mm -hmm. to read a quick one you know if you want to read more about this but basically he took water from polluted areas from fresh springs you know from all kinds of different things and looked at them under a microscope and just the baseline a lot of times this baseline water looked like kind of viruses and bacteria and just looked unhealthy Mm -hmm. then all he would do was speak to it and say you're a beautiful beautiful drop of water like I love you you have purpose in this world I mean I mean imagine speaking to your water like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, I love you water 
<laughs> I do that to nachos. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's exactly. really not that crazy. No, it's not. It's probably actually good. <laughs> In any event. And then he would look at the same water molecule under the microscope, and it would look like a beautiful snowflake. What? It would transform. I'm not kidding. Just research it for yourself. And so consider that. If I myself think negative thoughts about myself, what does that do to mm. the water in my body? And how does that affect my cellular structure if it looks like ugly, harmful things versus a beautiful snowflake? And so that's what the and the device has been like researched, you know, in a mm-hmm. lab, you know, for that, where they've taken blood samples, you know, from people before and after the Rasha and, you know, and looked at actually like the organization of the blood cells. And hmm. so it truly does like the frequency and vibration does like organize your cells like in a self-healing way. Mm-hmm. And um, it's fascinating to me. You're almost like it's almost like cooking or mixing Think about it, like if you're 80% or whatever percent water that Mm -hmm. you said, right? So if you take water, but you mix something with it and you stir it, or if you, if it does like this, the ocean or Mm -hmm. like water can move or it vibrates, right? It's going to change everything, right? Yes. So I can see how that I've I've done the Russia. Mm-hmm. That is true. You've done I've it. Done. Oh yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, Let's talk experience? about your experience. Yeah. So you, when we first met, you mm-hmm. kind of introduced this and mm-hmm. said, "Hey, I just want you to try it really quick." You know, for, I think yeah. we did a fifteen-minute session, yeah. mm-hmm. and I I didn't know what to experience. Mm-hmm. I, I nothing for me happened in that mm-hmm. fifteen-minute minute. So then um, we came back, and you gave me a full just over an hour mm-hmm. on that machine. And I think, but prior to that, I watched a podcast about it. And the Mm -hmm. gentleman who was doing, um, explaining it from the creator Mm -hmm. or the founder of the Rasha or whoever invented it. the inventor. Yeah. The gentleman who tried it, I can't remember his name, but he, it took him all different places, you Mm -hmm. know? And Mm -hmm. so I was going in thinking I was going to be transported and like have all these little, (laughs) go back in time Mm -hmm. and... I don't know, find Bill and Ted's adventure yeah. or what? I, I mean, what were you points in my life? I don't know what I yeah. just was expected to be transported, mm-hmm. but nothing happened mm-hmm. for me. And I think I, I couldn't settle my mind mm-hmm. down. I was anticipating that moment where I get sucked into a black hole yeah. and nothing happened. Well, yesterday yeah. I went and did the Rasha for about an hour but when I met Don, I had yesterday. I had a, just a heavy weekend, a, like mm-hmm. a really stressful weekend. There was just I was I just was down, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I was a little bit more subdued, I guess. And I was, you know, getting on the Rasha, and I don't know when it was. About halfway through, I just felt all the heaviness just whoom, go, mm-hmm. and then I had a bunch of pain in my heel, mm-hmm. and that, and then mm-hmm. after that. Like after the machine was over or the session was over, I felt sharp. Mm-hmm. I felt more alert. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have an engaging conversation mm-hmm. with Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, I just was, I just was not feeling great. And then after mm-hmm. that, I was, I was doing great. So I feel like that totally did something mm-hmm. because I've never just felt random pain in my heel, and I've mm-hmm. never felt something so heavy just, whoom, yeah, leave. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you feel like? Before you went into the session yesterday, you were more um, open-minded about it. Because well, I, I remember the first time yeah. you did it, we talked, and you yeah. were just like, I didn't, I didn't feel anything. I don't yeah. know, whatever. But then mm-hmm. you're like, but I'm, I'm going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like you 
kind of had a different mindset when you went oh, in there? Oh, completely, because I was so anticipating things that happened that first time. I was okay. anticipating the transport, but then I just, uh, yeah, I just was like, I'm just going to let it be mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, and just see what happens. It is crazy. Well, it, what is it, the ankle thing? What do you think that, what, I mean? The heel. It was in my heel. Mm-hmm. In your heel. I just felt a sharp pain in my heel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was just the heaviness. That was the leaving, leaving. your body? Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think if we had like an Eastern medicine healer here, they could probably answer that question right away. Yeah. But I don't know the answer about the heel, but just doing this, you know, with so many people this year, everybody kind of consistently says the same thing. They say, I feel like I have this vibration in my body or, um, you know, I feel like I'm tingling places. And then what they'll generally say is they'll say, um, I have a lot of warmth or pain, like in my back or hip or stomach. And generally like where they're, at um, where that warmth or discomfort is, you know, during the event is something that's a medical problem for them. Like I've always had a problem with my back. And so Mm. like with chakras and energy mediums and stuff, you know, that's my opinion is probably on that um, is that that's where those energy centers are getting stuck and need to like flow and get past, you know, Hmm. but again, I would, I would definitely defer to somebody who was way wiser in that than me but people frequently say that hearing the heel thing doesn't surprise me wow it's very very hmm. have you ever had a heel uh, injury before? um maybe like in sports um i don't think so ankles though maybe ankles like, for yeah, sure rolled ankles and Tons. stuff yeah can, that's connected to your your heel I mean. <laughs> hip bones connected <laughs> oh, I mean, no, to that. <laughs> no i mean really it is we can make a case for this <laughs> yeah like i, I got you dude. I yeah got you. it's yeah. it's because you rolled your ankle so many times in basketball that's what it was <laughs> yeah I, that was mm-hmm. i think the whole point is is with these types of you know devices or you know therapies is that ultimately you intuitively know that you feel better and mm-hmm. are a better human being and interact in society better when you feel good and where you're talking mm. positively to yourself, right. you know, yeah. and um, you have more pain and dysfunction and feel worse when you're telling yourself bad things. And so mm. if there's something that can move you over to more of a positive, harmonized state, it's a good thing. Whether or not you can completely understand it or describe it, mm-hmm. you know, it's a good thing. Now, not every doctor mm-hmm. has Rasha. No, there's How? not very many in the country. So that's mm-hmm. amazing. How did you get it? I mean... It well, how many like how many under... people in Idaho? Okay, okay yeah. for Idaho yeah. listeners, right? They're, yeah, there's they're only to this two podcast. in Idaho. And oh other than that, I don't think there's any like in a six state area. I mean, and there's only two in Idaho because I tried. You know, Katie yeah. Packwoods. She's with um, what's her business? Oh my gosh, she does neurolinguistics. We'll have to post it, you know, below yeah. here yeah, too. Okay. But um, uh, she's a good friend of mine. But I only bought one because I tried hers, and then. I just know so many people need it. We could have a hundred in this city and we still wouldn't have enough. You wow. know? So mm. yeah, it's, it's not, there's not very many and there's not very many because the company doesn't just sell them to anybody. There's a very rigorous process you have to go through to mm. get one. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not really a business. It's, it's, um, it's a, What's the word I want to look for? Um, Almost service to humanity yeah. is what they call it. It's a, gotcha. It has to be used in a service to humanity way. Okay. Yeah, you just mm-hmm. can't grab it to sell it to get more clients. To it's no. they take more like whole no. approach. Like yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. If Gosh, you were just going to buy one and yeah, only two. Wow. And, and are they yeah. here in Boise? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. She's got hers in Eagle and we work together. We have oh. a collective that we work together with so oh. that we can make it available to more people. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Oh, that is yeah. great. Yeah. That's amazing. You mentioned something because, um, the water, mm-hmm. water is a huge component in our bodies and the cell. Yeah. So talk to there when you go to the store you want to pick the right water or you just oh, do the yes. tap water yes yes there's yes. so many different variables of water <laughs> i'm just like I i'm sweating right now thinking about like the conversation it's so it's, it's so it's an important conversation <laughs> yeah so mm-hmm. we're supposed to drink x amount of fluids per day mm-hmm. for just to keep going mm-hmm. but what's the right type of water distilled spring like just bottled like okay Yep. So if there's anything you can do to change your health for the better right now, today, it's to improve the quality of your water. Hands down, non-negotiable in my mind. But can I just speak to it and it'll change into a nice little... I actually think that you probably could, you know, to be honest, (laughs) you know, actually, I I actually do, you know, but I don't think that would necessarily remove all the toxins from it. But so the first thing that I would have anybody listening to this, no matter where they are, is go to this website, www.ewg.org backslash or forward slash whatever it is Mm -hmm. tap water that's the environmental working group and it's their tap water water database typing your zip code and it will pull up all of the contaminants in your personal water supply if you're on city water Mm -hmm. and if you're in boise do it for boise and then get on the phone to suez water and start complaining because serious arsenic uranium i mean we have stuff in our water here in the boise area eagles better meridian's not that great i mean but i mean it is a big deal and on their database you're basically you can't drink the city water you just can't it's not it's Mm. not drinkable Mm. what that's doing is that's contributing to calcifications cancers infertility i mean just all you have to do don't take my word for it you can just look up the chemicals for yourself that you're drinking in your tap water and decide if you want that in your body and your children's bodies and i would say no and so when it comes to like what to drink instead Mm -hmm. anything that's in a bottle or a plastic jug or whatever i struggle with because i don't exactly know where the source is you know Mm. bottled at the source spring water i don't know and i mountain spring water really somebody went up there and held the bottle under the mountain spring i'd like to think so but i don't know you know Mm -hmm. so i would have to contact those individual companies and find out you know individually before i dogged on any specific brand but i would say do your research if you're drinking out of you know somebody else's at the source you know mm-hmm. source but um what i do know is that i run toxicology testing you know environmental toxin testings on a lot of people and i have people who have five thousand dollar water filters at their home and their office and um, they come up with some chemicals that are not known to be in this area what? and i'm like why and then they're like "Ooh." I drink a ton of this specific brand of bottled water, and I won't say it here, but I'll tell Mm -hmm. you guys off the record. I'm like, well, that explains it. Stop drinking that, you know, because I know you're, I know it's being filtered out with your filter. So Mm. I don't trust anything that I haven't filtered myself. And so um, that's the one thing. And then I think your other question is like, what's the difference between like the different types of spring water or distilled water or. Yes. Yeah. So basically, if you're like reading the label, it's basically spring water would say like it's coming from a spring. Mm -hmm. And I would just say verify that, you know, Mm -hmm. verify that Mm -hmm. before you drink it. And the other types of water that you can get are basically how was it purified or, um, you know, 
filtered out somehow. And so typically people do carbon-based filters, reverse osmosis filters, Mm -hmm. distilled water Mm. is very popular Mm. right now. And ultimately it's basically all a definition of what does it take out and what does it leave in? And so um, like distilled water and reverse osmosis water, those are probably taking out the most. So the most impurities, toxins, viruses, Mm. bacteria, pharmaceutical medications, et cetera. But they also remove a lot of the minerals, you know, that are supposed to be in water too. So you have to be aware of that and like add back in. Carbon-based filters maybe don't get as many of the toxins out, but they leave the minerals in. And so when I'm helping my clients figure out what water is best for their homes, Mm -hmm. generally we start with environmental working group you know Mm -hmm. um, tap water database and figure out what do we need to worry about for your area and then looking at their true body you know environmental toxin panel to see if there's anything kind of weird in there that we need to be worried about because i would love for people to be able to do a less expensive water filter than some of these very expensive whole house filters but it depends on the person what about what about um we have a refrigerator Mm -hmm. that's got the you know the little water thing and then there's a little filter you throw in there um is that decent maybe maybe it depends on the brand like all you have to do is just contact the company and ask them about the big things so i do have people who have some amazing fridge filters and i know that because when i do their labs for their environmental toxins they don't have some of the big things that i see in you know tap water patients so when the the little light comes on that says your filter needs to be replaced you probably should change it it. Please change it. Don't don't leave it in there for two years and keep hitting the reset button. Change over. it. Okay. Just look at the tap water database. Ask mm-hmm. yourself if you want yourself, your family, and your pets to drink that water, and then make your own choice. Not, not <laughs> that I've not that I've done that. Yeah. Nobody has. But what do you do? You mm-hmm. know, if you're if you're listening to this, you're driving in the car or wherever, and you're just like, oh my gosh, like what 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 do I do? Should I just you know can I do I just go and grab something? I mean, like what's the do they get, I don't know. Like, like what's, yeah. Well, yeah, right what? now, like, say they're driving, yeah. they're listening to this, and they're like, yeah. okay, I want to do something about this afternoon. What is one thing that they could go to the store or something to be like, okay, this will help you starting like right today. So I have no financial relationship with any of these companies whatsoever. This is just what I would tell my friend is like, I mean, I don't think a Brita water filter gets everything out by any stretch of the imagination, but you can get one at Target today and Mm -hmm. start filtering water for your family and your kids while and your pets while you figure out what you need for your own home, doing a little bit more research. And um, because if you just wanted to know, I want everything out of my water. I want the very best of the best just by a reverse osmosis or a water distill, you know, dis- mm-hmm. distillation process mm-hmm. for your home. That's going to get out everything that you want it to get out. And then you're going to have to add back minerals. The downside of that is both of them waste a lot of water, you know, mm-hmm. in the process. So about three to five times what you drink is actually wasted. And so depending oh, wow. on environmental concerns, drought and things like that, that might not be exactly what you want to do. But if you need just the best, you just go down that route. You just write, get your checkbook out and just mm. go down that route. Mm. If you're like me and just want to be a little bit more fiscally responsible, you know, do your research for your area, get a carbon-based filter and then decide okay. if you need to do, take out the big okay. guns. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. 
And then also, like, I think probably a really good one. I have one in my kids' cars. You know, everybody has one in case we're, like, stranded on the side of the road and Mm -hmm. you have to drink out of the river. You know, like a Berkey is a really good carbon-based water filter that a lot of people use. And it's really good for emergencies. And they have um, a BPA plastic bottle, which we could go down that rabbit hole. I'm not sure that's the best thing for you either. But for for an emergency or something to do right now, it Mm -hmm. at least gets some of the crud out of your water that you want out for now. And you can take it to work with you, you know, fill up your water from the water jug and know that you're not drinking poison mm-hmm. that's crazy I, i'm really scared since so she's just talking about water right now i know like i have a red bull energy over there can you imagine <laughs> what can you imagine the stuff if i start telling her the stuff that, how many diet cokes in a day i drink <laughs> What, what I try really hard to do is give people actionable steps that they can accomplish and do. And then once you feel better and are like, have a better habit with a certain thing, then we start whittling away at some of that other stuff. You don't have to do it all at once. There better, we go. Do a little bit better than yesterday today. <laughs> there we go. That's going to get you a little further than That's you That's right. Want. Can't do it all at once. No, Can't do a little bit better. Okay. So what... Give me some stuff you do on the off season, like not off season, but like you got to, you carry a heavy load. It seems like, you know, you really care for your patients Mm -hmm. and what's your outlet? How do you just, you know, like, are you into racing? Are you into cycling? Are you into this? Oh, you mentioned skate skiing. Oh yeah. Is there anything going on in your life that just allows you to go off and vent? Oh my gosh. I, I, for one, never feel like I have to like really vent. Like I, I truly feel like I've created this life where like, I don't have to escape from it. Like I love my life. Like, Mm -hmm. like I love my patients. Like my patients are like my family. And if you're not going to be like my family, you can go somewhere else. (laughs) Like like, we're going to be cool. Like we're going to have a great time and we're going to, anyway, I, so I never feel like I need to like blow off steam and vent. I really have a good life. But, um, I think you're asking me my very favorite question. (laughs) Maybe. I think so. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, so um, right now, I just decided to train for my fifth full distance Ironman, mm. and um, I'm really oh, looking forward to that. Geez. So, and it's been a while since I've made it to the start line of one of these things. So wow. I'm real. It feels like my first again. I'm terrified. I, you know, I'm worried that I can't do it. You know, which is good. It's motivating. Where so, Where's this Ironman? Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. We are so oh. lucky. There's not very many sanctioned events in the country, and um, and we are lucky that Coeur d'Alene hosts one every few years. So in 2020. Yeah, I'll be up there looking at that water for the fifth time and praying to the good Lord <laughs> to let me see Let's the Let's hope it's line. during the summertime yeah, when the water isn't so cold. <laughs> yeah, it's in June. But you want it to be kind of cold because That's it's true. so, it could, yeah, I'd rather have it be a little cold. Usually the water is cold up well, there. Plus your, mm-hmm. your, the triathlon is the, the running, cycling, swimming? Yeah, swim, oh, bike, okay. run. Yeah, yeah, swim, swim bike, bike, run. Yeah, swim, bike, run. Yeah, and I'm a little bit of a triathlon snob, you know, so like, I have <laughs> what does that to mean? Like, <laughs> It's it, because I didn't say it right. It's because oh. she didn't say it right. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> he knows. I, I figured it out. I figured it out. <laughs> yeah, like, I really, I'm afraid that if I did, like, smaller events, like, they're hard. I feel like I would then be discouraged and not want to do the big events. So mm. I only do the big events because, like, <laughs> so I only, I have. bigger Go big or go home. That's my line. Yeah. So this is a full distance Ironman. So um, it's 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and it's 6,000 feet of vertical climbing. And then mm. it's a full marathon, 26.2 mile run. And 12 mile bike. Yep. With I have a hard time driving 112 miles without 
getting tired. <laughs> I know. We when we go from Ketchum, when we stay up there for the weekend and go yeah. back to Boise, um, that's about the distance of an Iron Man to drive home. And so like I like to go, okay, I just finished the swim. Okay, yeah. now I'm on the bike. <laughs> and then you get to the point of the highway, you're like, okay, now we're gonna run home. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's kind of fun to kind of put it into perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there something special about the Coeur d'Alene triathlon or is this just it's you like the area or well for me it's special one okay. because I mean I'm born and raised Idaho. Like yeah. Idaho is my home. I mean, mm-hmm. I know why everyone's coming here because it's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. why would you not want to come to Idaho? Yeah. I never want to leave. And so, um, I the, my first Ironman was the Coeur d'Alene Ironman back in 2006, and so it is near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a few things in my life that like mean something to me at a personal level, and those are the birth of my children. It's like when you see your babies for the first time, mm-hmm. and that dang finish line. <laughs> and if my husband's listening, the day I got married to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to score those points. That's important. Yeah, he, knows, important. he knows. He knows. That's important. <laughs> he knows. Um, can we can we get into some of this now? Are yeah, we... let's. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Okay, this is my this is my personal favorite part. Okay, yeah, you get excited. I get excited about this part of the interview because this right. is like the rapid fire fun stuff. For okay. Me. So, um, all right, this is just going to be a this or that. It's okay. simple and. Okay. First thing that comes to your mind when I give you these things. All right. Um, Italian food or Chinese food? Italian. That's two for two. Yeah. Mm. Dude, everybody always chooses Italian food. Okay. Mountains or the beach? Mountains, 100%. That's an Idaho girl right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Burgers or tacos? Burgers. Okay. Summer or winter? Winter. Okay. That's the skate skiing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or as I call it, the ice skating for some reason. <laughs> I don't know where my head was on that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ketchup or ranch? Ketchup. Okay. Air guitar or air drums? Guitar. And can you give us a little uh, air guitar? If you knew my son, my youngest son, he's like Jimi Hendrix. So I've, oh. been, pra- I've been practicing a lot, you know? Like- oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, vacation or staycation? Staycation. Oh, a staycation. Mm-hmm. Just relax. Okay, coffee or tea? Coffee. Watch sports or play sports? I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this. Yeah, do I have to answer? Yeah, play sports. <laughs> we don't even own a TV. Yeah. Um, okay, a movie or a book? A book. Okay. Um, I know you picked book, but scary movie or comedy movie? Comedy. I couldn't watch a scary movie. It would give me nightmares. The last really? one I watched was The Ring, and I still Ooh. think I'm seeing that girl like come out of a hotel. That one's tough. In the hotel, like when there's a TV, like I still think she's gonna yeah. come out. That's that's a scary movie. That's though. the last that one's scary pretty movie good. I ever watched. Never yeah. again. I love scary movies, uh, but I also love a good comedy. All right, um, this one's this mm-hmm. could get deep. Change the future or change the past? Oh, I change the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. How could you not want to fix some of your mistakes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just the last one, just for fun. Batman or Superman? Mm, Superman. Because Clark Kent looks like my husband. Oh. oh. For real. For real. She's my just husband. trying to score no, me. No, I'm not. No, he's the most <laughs> handsome man I've ever seen. He knows it. Oh. <laughs> There's no points there. He knows. <laughs> That's cool. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. That's so cool. Wow. That was a lot of info. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think you just shared so much for just someone who is struggling in life, mm-hmm. how to just reach out and ask for help. Someone who wants to change their 
you know, the way they feel, you know, mm-hmm. positive thoughts mm-hmm. and just a simple change of going onto that website, learning mm-hmm. what's in their water yep. can really kind of shift how someone feels throughout the day and drinking more water. Mm-hmm. So Don, people I know are going to want to connect with you. Mm-hmm. So how can they find you? How can they schedule an appointment with you or a consult and be like, I want to just hook up with you because I feel like I have something going on in my life that you can fix. How do they find you? Yeah, great question. I have a small practice and so um, it's very personal and people find that out pretty quick. So there's three different ways. You can go to my website, which is flourishidahofm, you know, .com. And um, if it's, you can click the contact or, you know, connect or apply to be a client. Mm -hmm. And all of those will take you to something that sends an information to me directly. Mm -hmm. Um, You can email me at dawn at flourishidahofm.com and just say who you are. And, um, and then also on Instagram, if you just click the connect with me, it'll send straight to my email as well or DM me. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, Mm -hmm. um, we will leave all of that information down below in the description. Um, if you're not listening on the podcast. So um, we'll have that for you guys available. Yeah. Don, thanks so much. You're oh changing gosh. people Thank here you in Idaho. Me. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, we have to keep it Idaho. Like, and they have to raise the vibration. Idaho's awesome. People are nice. Like, we have to like vibrate higher. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. Right? Positive vibes. Yeah. Yes. Love it's it. true. It's I love true. It, love it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much thank for joining you. us. 